What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Soto Sports Talk, episode two of Midweek Miners. Our apologies, we missed you guys last week, but uh, believe it or not, we do have other things we need to do, and sometimes that gets in the way of getting to talk Marley Baseball. Wish we could have it their way around, but uh, got to care of some school stuff. We're staying in AAA this week, uh, taking care of the International League. The other half of AAA, we talked about Pacific Coast on last week's episode. And before we get into it, Aiden, real quick, I was driving to Spokane yesterday uh, out to Costco in the Spokane Valley. And I passed, I stopped at a red light. I'm in a pretty sketchy, sketchy neighborhood, Hilliard. And I look up to my right. It says, please recycle next to Recycle Man on a billboard. Really? Recycle Man himself was on a billboard in Spokane? Re- the actual Recycle Man we talked about now two weeks ago uh, in our c- brief conversation about the mascots, he was actually on a billboard. Do you think he gets a raise for being on a billboard? You think that's, uh, that's, that's a little extra extra bread on his, in his pocket? Well, see, I was... I was always under the assumption that they picked a different homeless guy for every game to put in the Recycle Man costume, but this guy was the same guy I saw at the game I saw, so I don't know if he just got the lucky he was in the costume the day they did the billboard, or if that's the full-time guy, which is something we could probably look into. If he's a full-time guy, that's that's a pretty impressive gig. Full-time Recycle Man. You think he recycles in the offseason and only does it during the season? That's a good question. He probably goes to uh, elementary schools, middle schools, does a full full run, recycle man. You can probably rent him out for, for office parties. When's the, last, when's the last time you think he did like threw a piece of plastic just in the garbage? <laughs> That's a good question. He's probably just a, just a big time, just, just, you know, th- just throws bottles out the window. Just doesn't care. As soon as he gets out of that Recycle Man costume, just hates recycling. Just dreads it. Goes home and takes all the plastic, throws it straight in the garbage just to get off to not having to recycle for a little bit. Yeah, his uh, his his wallpaper on his computer is like those, those soda can holders. You know, like when the animals oh, get yeah. their heads yep. stuck in them. That's probably his background. He's just a sick just man. Just gets off to that. Just a sick man. <laughs> it, uh, it should be noted, the na- Hilliard... Uh, in the news lately for big human sex trafficking or child sex trafficking so no surprise that recycle man was on a billboard in that neighborhood of all places it's not good but we're not here to talk about recycling we do support it but not here to talk about we're getting a national league today a continued stacked triple a lineup i mean we've got let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten fifteen 15 top 100 guys on top of the 17 that were in the PCL. So we're at, what, 32 top 100 guys, a third of the top 100s in AAA this year, which compared to years past is pretty remarkable, the talent level that's actually in the AAA level. And we've also got some good veterans in this league. So we're going to we're gonna get right into it. We're going to start with the Buffalo Bisons, which will bring us probably our best our best um, former player on staff and our best prospect. So I know you're a big fan. You want to kick us off on Vlad Jr.? Yeah, I would love to get us started on Vlad Jr. Just uh, number one prospect, according to Baseball America and MLB. Definitely the guy that 
pretty much everybody who follows baseball is most excited for. I don't think that there's anybody that's not ready to watch Vlad Jr. and is just big, chunky body just smash home smash home runs. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's it's a thing of beauty when he just just destroys a baseball. It's we talked about uh, trying to explain to people the greatness of Mike Trout on one of our first Bleacher Banter episodes. It's hard to explain how good of a prospect Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, just because he's what's he now? He's he with twenty nineteen still. He's so young, stupid, young. and he's been so young, and he's been absolutely terrorizing Marley baseball. And it's not that he's just like hitting home runs and hitting doubles. When you watch the video, the swing is so violent. Like the, it sounds like a gunshot when the ball's coming off his bat. It's this guy. This guy just is different. A lot of scouts have said that this guy just hits the ball different than any guy they've ever seen. And the other day, uh, searching the you know the internet as I do, and I came across this uh, comparison. You know his dad. You may have heard of him before, uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Also, you know, Junior has a dad named Vladimir Guerrero as well. Who? Uh, he had, a, he had a decent career with the uh, Angels and Expos. He's in the Hall of Fame, actually. So, oh. uh, looking at looking at his stats in the minor leagues, both of them threw 1,055 ABs. Vlad Jr. hit 332 with 42 tanks. Uh, let's see. 216 RBIs, 149 walks, 137 Ks. No, sorry, that's Vlad Jr. 283 games. Vlad Sr. hit 343, a little bit better average. Three more home runs, less RBIs, less walks, a little bit less Ks in the same game. So overall, he's about the same as what his dad was through the minor leagues in the same amount of games. And getting his debut, what, today? Tomorrow? He's getting called up, right? They announced that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting called up real soon because the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Blue Jays are ready for him. They, they are ready. Well, everybody's ready for him at this yeah. point. We've been begging for him. And, you know, for the Blue Jays, it makes sense. They're not in a win now, so there's no reason to lose that extra year club control for two mm-hmm. weeks of them. Uh, we've seen that really pay off for the Padres and Mets with Tatis, Paddock, Alonzo just absolutely going off in their first two weeks. So I think we'll see less and less of that club control issue that the Cubs did with, you know, Bryant a couple years ago. But for a team like the Blue Jays not winning, you know, not playing to win now, there's really no point. Yeah, definitely no point. I mean, Keep for an extra year. I mean, with the way that baseball contracts are, and a guy like Vlad Jr., you know you're going to be paying him big once he is no longer under club control. So being able to secure that asset for another year is is way more important than bringing him up for, yeah, like you said, what, two weeks? Yeah, it was. It's like 17 games, 20 mm-hmm. games, somewhere in there. And when you have, yeah, even your team's not built to win right now, there's just really no point. Exactly. Well, Vlad Jr., number one prospect in all of baseball. So I'm glad that we got this podcast in while he was still in the minors. We get to call him of our own for midweek minors. Uh, but, you know, Vlad Jr. won't be here very long, so it's not really his team. Bo Bichette is the number seven prospect in baseball and is getting is really no talk about right now just because Vlad's in Buffalo. But once Vlad leaves, it's going to be all about Bo Bichette. Yeah, Bo's definitely an intriguing prospect. He said uh, number seven. That's according to Baseball America. I think MLB's got him right at ten. So, I mean, two top ten prospects 
with whatever you know whatever prospect rating site you want to look at so two top 10 guys on the buffalo bison so a team that is just absolutely stacked with just high-end talent and yeah bobachette a guy that is good at literally everything on the baseball field and a guy that is absolutely overshadowed because of vlad jr's hype but um probably going to get a little bit more attention as far as prospect watch goes once vlad jr is is a you know smashing home runs at the major league level so definitely a guy to uh, pay attention to because a big part of the blue jays future right there in boba Shett. well that's the le- that's the whole left side right exactly and it's been it's been fun because they've kind of been at the same level throughout their process through the minor leagues and so that's been fun but i'm excited to see boba Shett just in the spotlight like we said the Bisons right now technically are absolutely stacked with prospects just based off two guys. But realistically, Vlad Jr. is going to be gone before I mean, before they really get into the swing of their season. So this is going to be really the only big-name guy for the Bisons. Boba Shett, um just broke his hand, I actually saw, courtesy of Jesse Guerrero Instagram. Jesse Guerrero coming in clutch with the uh, minor league updates once you know as, so, as usual. It's that's a major bummer. Hopefully that's not too a draw a setback for Boba Shet just because as as soon as Vlad Jr. leaves and it's kind of his team, then he goes down. And once he goes down, this team is you know not great from a prospect prospect side of things. Uh, you got Kevin Biggio, who is also a very intriguing infield prospect. Um, son of Craig Biggio, and you know, he's doing really well so far. He's at top of the league in hitting. Uh, yeah, I think he's sixth in hitting right now. He's hitting 388, a uh, couple tanks. So he he's seen the ball well. I know it's still early, so it's kind of hard to look at the minor league stats to decide how a guy's going to be. But Kevin Biggio and Boba Shek me really fun to watch the infield. Um, Reese McGuire, local guy. Yeah, Still did. hoping he can kind of figure something out. It's going to be tough because I, I like Danny Jensen. Danny Jensen uh, better than Reese McGuire for the Blue Jays' future. And he, Jansen's up right now, Futures Game guy last year. I think he's going to be their, their future piece. But Reese McGuire could be a really good backup for the Blue Jays. If they could have a platoon of those two guys where instead of going from, you know, like the Mets going from Wilson Ramos to Darno slash Mezzarocco. If the Blue Jays can go from Jansen to McGuire in the future for when Jansen needs a break, that's a pretty good setup. No, definitely. That's I mean, when you look at Reese McGuire, that's a guy that was a top 100 prospect uh, last year or the year before. I think maybe the year before. He's but, been in there a couple times. Yes, yeah, and he's a guy that you know with a first round pick, you expected, you know, at least for for me, I thought that he was you know really going to be the next guy at the catcher position and he he's you know stuttered a little bit as far as as getting to the major leagues he's still at the triple a level but definitely a guy that i'm still rooting for um like you said he could be a great backup piece um but you definitely pull him for the best reese mcguire as he's you know a local guy and you got to support the local guys of course so reese mcguire joins kevin biggio as the the sidekicks for Boba Shett. Also, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., um, brother of uh, Yuli. So he's been up and down a couple times. He just needs some fine-tuning. So, I mean, he's kind of at the point where 
he needs to you know really put things together this year or they're just kind of kind of move on and he's just gonna kind of fall through the cracks so he's had a couple chances and not taking advantage of those anthony alford really interesting outfield prospect uh richard arena tj zooch Ooh, TJ you zooch. got zooch ball done right yeah 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 i got a uh he's with vancouver a zooch ball with uh first with the first round inscription i you know, I was kind of surprised to see him on this roster because I haven't really heard about heard about him the last couple of years. But it's good to see that he's made it to the AAA level. Maybe he'll be a guy there you that go. Uh, will make it to the bigs and maybe have a little success. Uh, Sean Reed Foley, we've heard that name up in the bigs, up and down. Just another guy to follow. Could be an opportunity with the Blue Jays this year. It's interesting because the Blue Jays are obviously in a really good division and they will not be competing if they wanted to. So... A lot of these guys, uh, Guriel, McGuire, Alfred, Urena, Zuch, and Foley, I think all will have chances to, uh, you know, earn some time this year. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go for them. They've all kind of had, most of them have had opportunities before, but this is going to be kind of an experimental year, especially when it gets later in the season and Tampa Bay, Boston, New York are, you know, extremely separated. Right now, you kind of got to give the, uh, you got to give your respect to the guys already on your roster. But once it goes south to the Blue Jays, I think these guys will get a chance. Yep, I agree. Uh, notable not for prospect status, but Mark Leiter Jr. Interesting. Interesting for sure. Uh, then we get to, I mean, I love Vlad, I love Boba Shet, but John Axford is on the Buffalo Bisons roster. This is our first veteran in the international league notable veteran john axford and the former handlebar mustache you got to respect the stash and that's i mean that's probably his his greatest attribute is the stash i'd say yeah he's uh he what he when he make his debut let's see he debuted in 2009 so he's been in the league a while right yeah yeah he's he's a guy that's been around for a minute He's played. He's been. He was up with the Dodgers and Blue Jays last year. He's played for eight or nine teams. Like this guy's been around, and he's still just grinding it out. He's uh, he's with the Bison, which is always kind of interesting to see those kind of guys. Just, I mean, we see a lot of veteran names that we heard of, but not like guys his age at thirty six as a reliever still uh, still duking out in AAA. Yeah, I mean, but. Him being a veteran in, in AAA is more of the AAA that we're accustomed to seeing. The last yeah, exactly. Few That's what I thought we'd be talking about. You know what I mean? Like, but now here we are with good prospects. Right, yeah. We got all these top 100 guys. I mean, where was this a couple years back? Last, Even last year, here we got... It's just absolutely stacked rosters. But John Axford, a guy that is staying true to the OG AAA roots. Exactly. We got, and yet for that, we we thank him. I take my hat off to him. It's just, it's just a, you know, what? when you are a veteran like that and you are willing to go down to AAA to just, just you know, fulfill your role, that that's that that's the type of guy that you need in your organization because that's the guy that helps the young guys. You know what I mean? That's the guy that just absolutely loves the game and is bought into just playing the game of baseball. So you need guys like that. You need veterans like that at the AAA level to really give an example for these young guys that are coming through there, like all these top 100 prospects. It could be dangerous though. Cause a lot of times you get veterans who are kind of bitter. Right. Yeah. And uh, that, that, they don't like the young guys taking over. So 
you know, I don't know John Axford personally. Uh, it's been a while since we talked. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and give him benefit of the doubt that he's going to be a good presence for these guys, hopefully. Could really help out uh, guys coming up with Toronto. Especially, you know, re- a rebuilding Toronto team, you could say. Right. So hopefully that, you know, gets him in good graces. He gets back up to the bigs. I mentioned earlier Buffalo has the best prospect and the best coach. Triple A hitting coach for the Buffalo Bison, two time All Star Corey Hart. Woohoo! When was the last time you heard that name? Last time I heard that name, he was being uh, probably, he's probably striking out in the Seattle Mariners roster or Seattle Mariners lineup. <laughs> Corey Hart, one year with the M's. Played in 68 games, hit 203 with six home runs, 21 RBIs, walked 16 times, struck out 59. Yeah, there we go. 59 Ks. Uh, you hate to see but it. But the year before, he hit 270 with 30 tanks. So, Oh, no, he had a year off. I don't know what happened. What happened in 2013? I, Who I knows? I, you know, I don't remember. 2012, he hit 270, 30 tanks. 2013 apparently was missing. <laughs> Just disappeared. I have no idea. That's really bizarre. I, yeah. But anyway, God, Corey I, I Hart was... A, I mean, Corey Hart was good. No, he was. He was a, a 30 home run guy. And that's what you were expecting to get as the Seattle Mariners. But just it, it didn't work out. And happens and that's why he's now a hitting coach <laughs> right? but uh i mean what Corey hart he was part of that uh i mean he was all-star in 20 or 2008 2010 so that's around the time when 2008 when the brewers made that playoff run they acquired cc at the deadline but he was part of the lineup you know when they when the prince and ryan braun he was kind of their sidekick yeah a guy that kind of he was like the third. He was the third friend who's not best friends with the other two guys, but he's always kind of around. He's the third wheel. Absolutely, he was the third wheel. Third wheel in the guys. friendship. Yeah. But if you can get an all-star third wheel, that's pretty good. I remember being so pissed. 2010 final vote for the all-star game in Anaheim. Uh, David Wright was in it, and so was Corey Hart. And Corey Hart, I believe they're both in it. Corey Hart won. Mm. And like, this is this is a Connor who, every day after baseball camp, was going home and voting Max from like multiple made-up email addresses. Just a true level of and I, of dedication. I was just going off for David Wright, and Corey Hart took it. David Wright thankfully got added because they realized that. I mean, I mean, someone got hurt and he got added, but they realized they need did right in the game. Obviously, one of the best players of all time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was. I remember being so. I went to camp the next day and like I wouldn't talk to anybody. And I came in all met stuff just to like show my like support, and uh, and I just I just remember being like so devastated for like two days. Then finally got added and it was everything the right was in the world. Yeah, the the rage went away. <laughs> Not as much rage back then. Thank God. Uh, 
but that that's it for Buffalo. That's kind of a long one, but Buffalo really intriguing with uh, Vlad and his quick stop there. Boba Shet will be really, really, really fun to watch after this broken hand gets healed up. Um, real quick, Jesse Grail, we talked about, I think, last time. Uh, Vlad's uncle uses all caps all the time in his post, so it was really weird when I was scrolling through yesterday and I saw it. It was just a picture of Boba Shet, like his... Uh, his profile picture from the website, and it said Boba Shet out with broken hand, but all caps and exclamation points at the end, as if he was like excited. It's, and it was a really, really weird dynamic of like bad news with just such excitement. He, Jesse can be a hard guy to read sometimes. Yeah, I yeah, it was, it was. It took me. I'd like go back and be like, wait, his hand's broken. That means he's out. Oh well. Uh, moving on, Charlotte Knights, they have one top 100 guy, but a guy that I'm, as a fan of pitching, a fan of baseball, a guy I'm really excited about, Dylan Cease, mid to upper nines, touch triple digits, has a good curveball, good changeup, um, could be one of the best pitching prospects in baseball by the end of the year. I know he really kind of came on the scene last year, I believe, was a, yeah, he was a futures game guy. Uh, a guy that was, you know, highly touted coming into the year, but kind of picked up steam as a prospect as the year went on. I think he could really take off this year. Really excited to see him in Chicago. Really, really excited. I think him, once Kopech gets back, that's a pretty good one-two punch. I like him as a starter. They've talked about him as a closer. Um, you know, manifest, uh, using, using that triple-digit uh, capability just in the late innings, only keeping one to two innings of uh, work be able to throw harder, but I like him developed as a starter. I think he can be really good in the AL Central. Number 34, Baseball America prospect. Yeah, Dylan Cease, definitely a guy to be um, excited about. He was a part of the uh, – he came over from the Cubs in the in the Quintana deal, right? <laughs> yeah, the Quintana deal. Yeah, just another, another Theo Epstein uh, hiccup, if you could call it that. But yeah, a guy to be excited about, especially with that with that fastball, just an electric fastball, like you said, touches triple digits and and I mean when you're throwing that hard at at the age that Dylan sees is, I mean he's a a guy that really could be. I mean it's up to the club whatever they want to do with him, starter or closer. But uh, I I too would rather see him in a, in a starter role. Because I think that it's it's just fun to watch a starter that goes out and throws triple digits. <laughs> I think that everybody loves it, you know. But it's awesome. Yeah, you know, it is. It's really awesome. I mean, it's if you like pitching, then you like starters that throw absolute flames for their entire outing, right? Like Verlander touching ninety nine in the seventh inning or whatever. But yeah, Dylan Cease definitely a guy at, at number thirty four. That I mean, there's really high ceiling. Very high ceiling. It, it it's all up to him. I mean, I'd, I I would love to see him uh, go up and be a part of that Chicago White Sox, you know, young team that I think is going to be a really really good ball club here in a couple years. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. They I think or I don't think I know they will be taking over Chicago. They will be the best team in Chicago in a few years. Another guy triple digits in their uh, in Charlotte right now. Zach Birdie. 2016 first rounder, uh, 90s of triple digits, the really good wipeout slider, was out all of last year with Tommy John, so that's going to be a 
a nice guy to watch and see how he comes back this year just because he had the stuff before. So, once again, as a fan of baseball, just really hoping this guy comes back as good or better than the, before the injury. But just watching his uh, development coming back from injury will be really interesting in Charlotte this year. Joined by another pitcher. Uh, I just I feel for Carson Fulmer. Such a good guy. Yeah. A good guy. Fantastic a, guy. Aware of the, the goggles. And a guy that was very, very highly touted when he made his major league debut. What was it, 2016 when he first came up? He was uh he was picked let's see. Yeah, I think twenty sixteen is when he made his debut. Yeah, yeah. Because we were we were there. Or yeah. we weren't at the game, we were there that night. Yeah. And he was yeah, the eighth pick in the twenty fifteen draft out of uh Vanderbilt. So I mean a guy that was rushed to the big leagues because he was that good and then just did not ever really catch his stride at the big league level and is now down with the Charlotte Knights, but I mean he's he he's still pretty. I mean rel- relatively young. Uh, you'd hope that Carson Fulmer could figure it out because, like he said, he's he's a good dude, and y- you wish the best for Carson Fulmer. He's twenty. He's twenty five, and a lot of times in this stage of baseball, we see guys like Juan Soto. We see guys like Vlad. These guys that are Tatis, so good, so young. We forget that 25 is really young. So. It is. It is. It is young. And there's there's a lot of guys that figure it out you know, later in their careers. Like Corey Kluber is a perfect example of somebody that could figure it out later into their career. And so, I mean, and as well, Jake Arrieta, another guy. So, I mean, all hope is not lost with Carson Fulmer, but you hope that the success at the major league level comes sooner than later. So Carson Fulmer... Like you said, uh, 2015 top 10 pick, debuted in 2016. Uh, so right now, he is 25 100, in 131 days. You know, I personally, I really hope he does well because we had good experience with them. But I don't think he will end up being, I don't think he'll end up succeeding the major league level, which is a bummer. But going back to the point about talking about you know, the age thing, DeGrom debuted when he was 25 and 330 days. So Carson Fulmer is still younger than when DeGrom debuted. Right. Just putting that in perspective, it's like DeGrom's the best pitcher on the planet right now, and he didn't debut until after how old Carson Fulmer is now. So there's still time, and he's still young, and they should, you know, still be excited about the possibility, but he hasn't really given them a reason to be excited, uh, you know, it, uh, let's see, an eight four nine ERA in eight games, then a, a three eight six in twenty three innings in twenty seventeen, and eight oh seven last year. He's an up a little bit this year with five innings. He's at a five four. So, but he's been out of the rotation. Um, he's only started thirteen games over four years. So, the White Sox rushed him up, put in rotation or in this bullpen, and has not been uh, working out for them. But he was, uh, so he made his MLB debut July 17th in Anaheim. And then they played in Seattle the next day. I know you remember this. So we were at a rival at the White Sox Hotel. And he got off the bus and he's like, 
hey guys, sorry, I can't sign here. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then a couple hours went by and guys were still coming back from dinner. And I tweeted out, I'm like, hey man, uh, you know, would you mind signing an autograph? Me and my buddy are uh, down here and I said the street address. And a few minutes later, he comes down in different clothes than what he was when he came out. And he's like, hey guys, run across the street. I'll be right back and I can sign for you guys. So he ran over to the convenience store, grabbed like a Gatorade or something, came back, signed for us, was super nice, went back inside. So I, that's the only time I've ever had that work, just tweeting at a guy, asking him to come sign. He came out of the hotel to sign for us, grabbed a little snack, and went back in the hotel. So that's a guy I can root for. Oh, yeah, definitely a guy that I'm pulling for, regardless of, of his past or what role he fills, most likely as a bullpen guy at the major league level. But Carson Fulmer, wish the best for him. Exactly. A couple other first-round picks. Uh, Dylan Covey was a 2010 first-rounder, then went to college, ended up being a 2013 fourth-rounder. Something to watch. Um, obviously, has he's showed something because he's – been a top four pick twice. Right. Thago Vieira, remember him? I do remember him. A guy that I actually thought was pretty pretty fun to watch. Throws hard. Throws really hard. Was kind of a, uh, was thought to be maybe a compliment to uh, Edwin Diaz as a setup guy, but did not work out because of uh, some control issues. The Mariners let him go for uh, international money, but... I do like Thiago. Cool name. Really cool name. <laughs> oh, awesome name. A, a top of the notch Myron League name. He made his debut for the Mems. I remember his uh, warm up pitch, his first one straight to the backstop. Yeah. He almost nailed the Empire. Only, only pitched one inning for the Mariners and then got traded. It's crazy. Uh, Zach Collins, 2016 first rounder, also there. Some, oh, DJ Peterson. The Mariners 2013 first rounder. He's been in AAA since 2015. So he's treading water with the White Sox now. As a former, uh, another wasted first round pick by the Mariners. Oh, God. DJ, Par- DJ Pearson's kind of a hard one to swallow because I, uh, I got to watch him in, in Everett fresh off of being drafted. And he was very, very um, highly regarded and never, at least to me, I, I never saw what the Mariners saw and his first call up to the big leagues was I don't even know what why the Mariners called him up I think I mean me and you were together Connor but his his girlfriend tweeted uh like oh well deserved and we proceeded to look up his stats to notice that he was hitting 226 and so I, I don't know in in what regard was being called up to AAA deserved with a stat line like that. But DJ Peterson, a guy that is just, yeah, uh, you got to put him, you got to keep him in the organization because you know that the the raw talent is there because due to the fact that he was a first rounder and he's just a guy that you're not ready to give up on yet. But I, as far as I'm concerned, just – a wasted first-round pick for the Seattle Mariners, like you said. Yeah, you don't get taken in the first round without showing something, so right. it's a bummer that worked out for the Mariners. It hasn't worked out for him in general, still in AAA. Uh, 
couple other guys. Oh, some veterans. Uh, Brandon Geyer is with the uh, the Knights. Preston Tucker. We saw him in Tacoma a ton. Ryan Goins uh, up a couple cups of cups of water up in the bigs. Our friend Alcides Escobar, uh, the, which Mr. we could family. talk about. Yes, Mr. Double Family with the uh, quote model girlfriend at a low standard agency. Uh, Alcides Escobar. If you want to know about our adventures with him, check out uh, Graphing Guru's episode. Was that one or two? Ooh, I, th- I think that was two. I, I believe it or is one. number two. I don't know. Check out Graphing Gurus, one of our first episodes. We'll be getting back on that soon with some more stories for you guys. But the Royal Series was one for uh, when we met Akon. Yeah, that's episode two. Met Akon. Finishing off for the Charlotte Knights, manager Mark Grudzalonic. MVP 05 on the GameCube legend. When did he retire? He was in he was in the league a while. H- had a solid career, right? Yeah, played. Looks like he played fifteen years. I didn't realize he played that long. Yeah, no, that's a, it's definitely a, a, a wonderful major league baseball career, and now a, a manager Fif- at the AAA level. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. That's. It's funny because. Uh, it's funny. So I know him from MVP Baseball two thousand five, uh, with the Cardinals. He only I didn't realize he only played one year for the Cardinals, and that was in two thousand five. Really, played for the Cubs, right? Well, I think he's he might be on the he might be on the Cubs roster on the game, but I knew he was with the Cardinals in 05. because I think he's actually on the Cubs roster in the game. But it's one of those things. It's like, oh, he was just it wasn't updated yet, and right. GameCube doesn't do live updates now. And uh, yeah, that was just one year with the with the Cardinals. One time All Star in nineteen ninety six with the Expos. So him and A-Rod, first All-Star game together. Ooh, in Philadelphia, where the All-Star game will be again in, what, 2026? Yep. The semi-quinential, bicentennial <laughs> thing we learned about. Bicentennial. How about this? Mark Gonzalonic won one gold glove in his 13th year in the league. That's incredible. Just That's a 12 great years fact. in, decide, hey, I'm, I'm just going to be good at defense now. How do you only win one? Like, <laughs> you make your debut in 1995. You win one gold glove 11 years later. Well, what was his primary position? Uh, second baseman, shortstop. Right. So, but he was the guy might that played. Have, might have moved to second. Okay. That so, makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, he was a. Uh, I think he played a, a a little bit of both, right? Over the over his career, and, but um, yeah, I mean, you got to think about how many. How many? Like, who was and if you what he was in the Cubs. I mean, I, I don't know. You, you get, there's a lot of a lot of good shortstops during that era, so yeah, it's a hard little to, bit tough. Hard but to pick and shoot. Yeah, but still weird that deep into your career to win your first Gold Glove, and that, that's a that's an yeah, excellent little even with fact position change. There. Yeah, excellent fact there, Connor. I really like that one. Well done. Well, well done on that one. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I appreciate that. I got a good one for you too. Two thousand three. Finished 27th in MVP voting. Hit 314 with only three home runs. It's insane. So, not a not a power guy. 90 career home runs. It's insane how the a game has changed. A career 289 average, though. No, yeah, he, he had a really good career. career. Career, I didn't realize how good... Oh, wow, I didn't realize how good Grizzlock was. Yeah, no, when I said he had a good career, I I, I know I knew he had a had a really solid uh, 
just his entire career was really good. But dude, think about how much the game has changed to to be what? What did you say? Second or third in the MVP voting with three home runs? No, no, twenty seventh. Oh, twenty seventh. Never mind. I, th- I thought you said second. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. But I was like, that God. But he hit three fourteen. Right. Yeah. Well, congrats to Charlotte. They've got a fantastic guy, I can only assume, leading, their, leading the charge there. Moving on, not much in Columbus. The Clippers, the Indians, no prospect action, really. There's really honestly nothing there, which is kind of a shame. Carlos Gonzalez was there, uh, but that's because he was a late sign in spring training. Lindor's back up from rehab. But my guy, Tyler Clippard, is in Columbus. A former Which I love, I love to see T. Clip still throwing the ball in the goggles. Hate to see him not get his chance. This is a guy that deserves a closer job right now. He would uh, fit in actually very nicely in the Seattle Mariners pen. It's a shame that he is he would wasting away in the Triple A organization or Triple A team for the uh, the Indians because he yeah absolutely he could be used over here in Seattle so. Come on, T-Clip. Get over here somehow. I loved Tyler Clippard. I loved him. He played... It's weird because... So T-Clip debuted for the Yankees, then played for the Nationals for seven years. Two-time All-Star. They're closer. He was... I mean... He had 32 saves in 2012 as a closer. Other than that, he was kind of a setup guy. But Tyler Clippard was really, really good at the Nationals. And then... He signed with the A's, gets traded to the Mets, the deadline, and I mean he went four and one, three oh six, pitched in thirty two games. I just remember Tyler Clippard coming in after getting traded to the Mets in twenty fifteen, the World Series run, and saying like, "Yeah, the Nationals aren't really anything special. They're they can easily be beat," which just immediately sold me on him. Like he's just like, "Yeah, I was with those guys last year." They're nothing special. Like, we, we got this easy. And then he just... I mean, I honestly... If I had to guess, his ERA would have been zero for how much I loved him. But 306 <laughs> still pretty good. Uh, been bouncing around quite a bit since then. That's a shame. It is He's a shame. been Arizona, Yankees, White Sox, Astros, Blue Jays, Indians. So, he's been up and... Uh, he's been bouncing up and down with some AAA major level. This doesn't have the stuff anymore, but he was awesome at the Mets in 2015. Even though he made his career at the Nationals, I will claim him as one of mine. One of the first balls I got done for my World Series set. Which is one away from being completed now. As long as Steiner Sports hurries up. But yeah, he's... Honestly, Ty Clippard's the best thing in Columbus right now. Asher Wachichowski. Always love that name. <laughs> Love that name. Man, he's been you... he's been in the pro debut set since like Nom, it feels like. Another guy, uh, Dyron Navarro. Yeah, yes, I was gonna say Dyron Navarro, just, uh, a guy that I used to use in like two K twelve. I'm pretty sure he was my catcher because for some reason, even being a catcher, I didn't value the catcher position very highly. Maybe because there just wasn't that many catchers that could really do much. But Deion Navarro, a guy that really came up clutch for my team. Yeah, I had a lot of home runs. I don't really know how, but... You love to hear that. I, I think I had 25 bombs 
with with Navarro on my uh, 2K12 team <laughs> on the Xbox 360. One time All Star. Yeah, he, he he was he was solid. Big boy. Two thousand eight when the Rays went to the World Series, he was their he was their catcher. Yep. Hit two ninety five was an All Star. I mean, he was a huge part of that Rays team. Oh my God, he is looking thick right now. Wow, yeah, he's this always is good been stuff. Thick. The triple A just is triple thick. The triple the triple A spreads treating him well. <laughs> uh, Ryan Flaherty, and then also one thing we noted, I guess. Well, now that Cargo's gone, not as much. But if you want to see a uh, a fourth out a full outfield of major league fourth and fifth outfielders, Cameron Maven, Trace Thompson, and one of my favorite names, Mike Poppy. <laughs> uh, Columbus is a lot of major league ready outfielders that are just kind of hanging out in AAA. So if that if that's what you're into, fourth and fifth MLB outfielders all in one spot at the same time, head over to Columbus and catch a Clippers game. Trace Thompson, brother of Clay Thompson, for those who don't know. Exactly. Just a fun fact. It would probably suck to live in the shadow of your brother who's arguably the greatest three-point shooter of all time but uh son of mr and mrs thompson if you didn't put that together either mr and mrs thompson must be gifted athletes all right yeah no they're a very athletic family all right we've hit the best part of the podcast we're going durham bulls and gwinnett strippers stripers gwinnett stripers but, or you can call them the Gwinnett Strippers, whatever you prefer. These are the two best teams in the International League, and then right after, oh my god, we got oh my god. Next three is gonna be fun. Okay, we'll look, Durham, Gwinnett, and Indianapolis. Starting with Durham, Rays have quite possibly the best system in all minor, minor league baseball. Uh, we talked about how well they've developed players, but now they're at the major league level, those guys up there now, but the guys in AAA right now are ready to go. This is a stacked team. Brent Honeywell, uh, number 22 baseball America prospect. He's going to have a little late start this year because of Tommy John last year, but this is a guy, uh, five-pitch mix. So the Rays are really banking on him as one of the top pieces in their future moving forward to you know go with Snell after that extension. He's got all plus pitches. Uh, really, the only guy we can kind of rival to Forrest Whitley in terms of plus pit, like how many plus pitches he has. Fastball, changeup, has a screwball, slider, curve. Um, uses four of the five to get ahead, and then uses the screwball to uh, you know get chase. So this guy, Brent Honeywell, is really exciting. Futures game MVP, I believe, in 2017. Yes, he was. Really a shame to see him go down with Tommy John in 2018 spring training. But as much as I'm excited about Forrest Whitley over the PCL, Brett Honeywell is a close second for uh, minor league pitchers just because, I mean, five possible plus pitches is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. When you have a five-pitch mix like Brett Honeywell, that's that's a guy that is going to be huge for the Tampa Bay Rays who are already – just exceeding expectations and an organization that just has done a lot. You know, they've made a lot of moves They're I think that they're, you know, as an organization, they are really trying to, to put a ball club on the field that people want to come watch. So it's good to see Brent Honeywell, you know, coming back from Tommy John. Hopefully he, uh, 
he's able to just continue on with stride and really just take his game to the next level. Yeah, and he was doing great, but he's not only does he have the stuff, but he was doing great stats wise prior to the injury. So as long as he can come back and pick up where he left off, the Rays are in very good shape with uh, him and Snell moving forward. But another another pitching prospect, not a top 100 guy, uh, Colin Pochi, Pokey, not how you pronounce it, but he's a low 90s fastball. So, you know, somewhat alarming as a prospect, but it's it's a uh, it's graded as a possible plus pitch by scouts because he gets some rise on it. He uses it up in the zone. He had a .8282 ERA last year, best in all of baseball for a full season affiliate with 50 or more innings. Was a player to be named later in the Steven Souza trade. He uh, he's a guy who knows how to use his pitches, and he's just something interesting to watch as a possible pen piece for the Rays moving forward. You know, especially we get late into the year. You know, September call-up, maybe catch a uh, postseason roster. So, Colin Pochi is a guy to look out for as a guy who doesn't essentially have the stuff, but just has the performances, which you always love to see uh, guys just performing with what they have as opposed to just having an abundance of talent. It's nice to have both, but it's a cool guy to watch out and see how he does throughout the year. Definitely. you got to appreciate a low 90s guy that's able to hit his spots. You know, I mean... Today's game is so, you know, we are so wrapped up in the high, the high 90s fastball, but there is still, you know, room for those low 90s guys that are able to, you know, just pitch. And I think that he's a he's a true pitcher, and I think that that that'll translate at the next level because it'll be a you know a change of pace, a guy that can come in after you've faced, you know, Snell, who's just throwing flames to face a guy in the low 90s it's it, it's hard for for uh, hitters to adjust because everybody's you know looking to hit the 97 mile an hour fastball so a low 90s guy that can spot up is it's I mean, it's a good guy to have in your rotation yeah whether he's in the pen or rotation i'd mentioned maybe a late september call up in the pen but right it's the guy that they're hoping to see in the rotation at some point so you gotta appreciate like you said guy hits the spot knows how to use his pitches, you know, pitching up in the zone, getting that rise on the fastball. The pitch plays up, especially with the off speed going off of it. So that's a that's a fun prospect to follow. Going back real quick, the Durham Bulls have another top 100 prospect, Nate Lowe, number 93, or 90, I think now. I think, yeah, because there's an update today. So Brent Honeywell's 21, Nate Lowe, I think, is 90. Uh, this guy can hit, he cannot field, and he cannot run. But he has power. He can hit. Uh, and one thing that's cool about him is he hits for power, but was really susceptible to the uh, inside fastballs. So over the offseason, shortened his swing. Now he's getting to his inside fastballs also for power. So this guy is just a hitter. And whether he's going to be at first base, DH, maybe a corner outfield spot they talked about, he's going to hit. He's not going to feel he's not going to run. But... He'll provide some offense. He'll provide some offense for the uh, the a thousand fans that come out to the shop every night to watch the Rays. The the very few the very few fans. Yeah, so that's a cool guy. I mean, top one hundred prospect. He's they obviously see something in him, and they see the swing, which is going to be you know dangerous power to all fields. It's going to be it's going to play well at the major league level. It's all about home runs now, like we talked about before. 
Every not only chicks, everyone digs a long ball now. Everyone digs a long ball, including me. Yes, you are a big, big fan of long ball. Love it. I love I love the long ball. Uh Nick Solak also there. Interesting to me just because uh he's got he's got a good skill set. He just it's gonna be hard, at this point gonna be hard for him to break in with uh Brandon Lowe already up there, but he's a decent fielder, pretty good hitter. Uh just a guy to watch. I mean, if he if he performs at triple level, he'll play in the major leagues. Just how he does with Durham this year will kinda of decide if he'll get a chance with the uh the Rays already having a pretty good infield at the major league level. Uh let's see. Oh. He's joined the Christian Arroyo, another infield guy. Uh, part of the what Matt Duffy trade? Yeah. Yeah, part no, of the, no, uh, Evan Longoria trade. Yeah, Evan Longoria trade. He came over with Matt Duffy. There you go, yeah. Correct, yeah. And uh, he was a top 100 prospect and a guy that was pretty uh, – he was pretty hyped up when early on when he was with San Francisco. So he's uh, he's been up with the ball club before. He's been up with the Rays. and uh, He's been know. up also uh, – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to say, also with the Rays, a couple other guys in Durham, Jake Farre, Austin Pruitt, Andrew Kittridge, all up with the Rays at some point, getting innings. So, Durham's got a nice mix of a uh, couple top 100 guys, two uh, still pretty good prospects, and then about, you know, four to six guys who have been up, and, uh, you know, they're back down now, but, you know, still could be valuable pieces for the Rays moving forward, or another team in a trade. Uh, Andrew Moore, also with the Durham Bulls, has been awful this year. Former Mariner was yep. in the. Uh, was he in the uh, Alex Colomay deal? Yes, he was in the Alex Colomay deal. There's been so many trades with the Rays and the Mariners; it's hard to keep track. Came over with uh, came over for Denard Span, who played actually really well for the Mariners, and a guy that I love. I love D Span. I wish that he was still in the Mariners. You love. You love D-Span, I love D-Span, everybody loves D-Span. Absolutely. How do you not love Denard Span? Just just a good dude. A guy who just rocks the gray in the beard. Yep. Uh, and then finally, third base coach, Quinton McCracken. Former Mariner. Exactly. 999 career games. It is a shame he couldn't have played in one more. But with a, he's uh, also a. Uh, he was also a MVP baseball guy. But with a zero point three WAR, a guy that you know maybe didn't deserve to play that one thousandth game. Hey. All I know is, uh, if you so MVP oh five, the D backs are like one of the worst teams in the league, or worst teams in the game because they were just atrocious. But he is one of the one bright spots for the D-backs. Quentin McCracken. <laughs> playing uh, playing outfield. It's kind of fun. It's a cool guy. Good to, good to see him with the job now. It is. Because uh, he didn't, yeah. Didn't exactly perform at the major level. So hopefully he'll help out those guys in uh, Durham. Moving on. Gwinnett Stripers, Gwinnett Strippers, whatever you prefer. This rotation is just Unreal. The uh, the Braves have a lot of really good young pitchers. 
you know, with Mike Soroka, Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, Luis Gohara, Kobe Allard. All these guys are either up in the bigs or down in AAA. They've been kind of going back and forth. So at any time this year, you go see... And these are all guys who have futures in the major leagues. But they're all kind of at different points in their development. So at any time this year, you can see any of those five guys. I mean, if they're all down, that's a pretty good rotation for a triple-A team. Mike Soroka, number... Th- uh, let's see. Mike Soroka, what, he's number 30 now? Yeah, Mike Soroka, number 30. Took Toussaint, number 47. Uh, Kyle Wright, number 35. Uh, Kobe Allard and Luis Gohar are still good arms, not in the top 100, so... Three top 100 arms in the rotation and two other guys who have been in the top 100 before. That's a pretty good makeup for a AAA staff. And I, I as a fan of another team in their division, I envy that. Just, I mean, I know the Mets got their arms now, but it's still kind of nice to have some guys coming up to get excited about. Yeah, the, uh, the Atlanta Braves are stacked with young pitching, pitching prospects. And uh, one guy, Luis Gohara... A guy that who's who's major league comp is probably CC Sabathia, <laughs> which Let's I don't go. know if that's a good thing to say about a young pitcher, but a guy that was in the Mariners organization and a guy that I really hated to see go. He was a part of that original Malik Smith deal that led to the Mariners acquiring Drew Smiley, who never played a game for the Seattle Mariners, but. Luis Gohara that was terrible. He took a yeah. He took a dip dip in velo. I wish the best for Luis Gohara just because I think that a, just big pitchers are fun, and I would love to see him. You know, I mean, he's still really really young, um, but I would love to see Luis Gohara become an absolute stud at the big league level. I you guys support any big-bodied athlete absolutely especially in baseball it's the only place and even man. they're even better on the mound yeah yeah Luis Gohara uh you talk about big body it's that's what could probably get to him at this point um you know he's last couple of years really you know fallen off with his physical attributes which led to a dip in velocity uh apparently lost 35 pounds this offseason so we could see the fastball that dipped into the low 90s last year get back up to mid or upper nines. Uh, that would be really good for the Braves. But the Braves have so many good pieces where they just can't keep waiting on Gohara. So he's kind of out of like a he's at a he's at a point in his career now where it's like he's got to go or he's gonna go. So Luis Gohara, he'll be there for he'll probably be there the longest of these guys. Um. We'll see. Kobe Allard, before we get to the bigger guys, Kobe Allard, uh, 65 minor league starts in his career, 293 ERA, third last year in the, the International League ERA, but he's only 88 to 91. The Braves are kind of worried about him just because his stuff doesn't play up like we talked about a couple other guys this podcast. He's just a true 88-91 that just executes pitches, but the Braves have been uh, cautious about how that plays the major league level. He needs to add Velo to be effective and get his shot. So Gohar and Allard, two good prospects outside the top 100 that have been there before, but both have things to work on, conditioning and Velo. To join their other friends, we'll talk about Soroka, Wright, and Toussaint. Uh, Mike Soroka made his debut last year against the Mets. 
and I remember this, I was watching it and I was so pissed because it was just like his MLB debut, I wanted the Mets just, you know, welcome to the bigs the right way. You know, slap him around a little bit. He uh, he puts him in their place, wins that game. Only started five games last year. Uh, shoulder soreness had him down the rest of the year. But this is a guy where he's kind of, he's still kind of recovering right now, but he's going to be really good for the Braves, along with Kyle Wright. Uh, he started up in the bigs, but now he's back down. And on the other side of things, he started against the Mets a couple weeks ago, or a little bit ago. I watched that game, and the Mets just absolutely slapped him around. So that was nice to see, and then he immediately got sent down after, which is why we have to talk about him today. <laughs> so good for the Mets. They, uh, they learned from the Soroka mistakes and picked up on right. He uh, first, pit, first college pitcher in the 17 draft class, you know, an above average fastball, uses a, a curve and a slider, uh, you know, a mix of those two. So the off speed is pretty effective. Changeup's not quite there, but he's 90, 93, 96 with run. So the changeup could play off of that. But for him to get back up to the bigs, he's got to work on the control issues. Really struggle with the walks against the Mets and just in general. Braves want him to clean it up a little bit because uh, that could be an issue moving forward in the rotation. And then let's see who's the last one. Tuki, Tuki Toussaint. I love the name. Love the name. Amazing name. Just got called up, so that's a bummer. We'll still you know, we'll still talk about him. We'll still talk about him. He made one. Uh, he's got a good sinker, good curve, and a split change. His fastball sits 93-97. So he's got the stuff. He's also got control issues. Um, could be a bullpen short-term option for the Braves this year if they're contending at the top. You know, maybe like a, what we saw the Mariners with Edwin Diaz. Maybe he stays in the pen. So I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, lot of talent this Braves triple a staff but a lot of questions with uh control for right and Toussaint, velo for allard gohara just being fat and then soroka is really the one guy that they're highest on right now but out of five prospects at least three of these guys will probably pan out so the braves will be fine yeah no there's and i mean they already have talent at the major league level so they can afford for some of these guys to not become the greatest you know but no, definitely a lot of young talent at, at, at as far as starting pitching goes in the Braves organization. It's just yeah, if you look at this like I said, at any any day that the the stripers slash strippers roll out for a for a nightcap, any of these guys could be throwing, which is exciting as a fan. So if you're down in Gwinnett, wherever that is, I think somewhere in Georgia, make sure to go out and see these guys throw before they're up in the bigs again. Uh, also, third t- or fourth top 100 guy for the Braves at third base, Austin Riley, one of the best third base prospects in baseball. Uh, up there with Cabrian Hayes, who we'll talk about next with the Indians, who I really like. But Austin Riley has plus, plus power injuries over the last couple of years, but he's hit 20, 20, 19 tanks. Uh, also going to hit for average. He's, he's not a swing or miss power hitter. He's a guy who just... He's just—he's an average guy that also has power. This guy's just a fantastic hitter, very, very, very good arm. Makes him a plus-plus infielder, uh, quick feet. This guy's just all around. He's the real deal for the Braves, which explains why they probably only signed Donaldson for a one-year deal, 
hoping Austin Riley will be, uh, you know, learning from Donaldson end of this year, and then be their full time guy moving forward next year, which is a smart move on their part because I mean they're trying to contend right now, so there's no reason to not get a third baseman and wait for Riley. So perfect move on the A's part of getting Donaldson until Riley is ready. But this is a he's gonna be really really good. Yeah, Austin Riley definitely a guy that I mean. He's somebody to be excited about, especially with those power numbers as well as his his average numbers. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be an absolute stud and be a great addition to that young, exciting Atlanta Braves team. Um, a guy that I'm not excited about. Oh, my about, God. A guy that I'm not excited about at all in the Braves organization, Alex Jackson. Hold on, real quick, Aiden, before, before I let you vent, you, you talked about the future of the Braves infield, and I didn't put it together. Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. Yeah, that's great. It's really that good. is a disgustingly it's really good. Really good, and yeah. Wow. That'll be that'll be. Oh, I can't say. Oh, that's annoying. I can't say it's fun to watch because they're. I hate the Braves, but it's the infield's so good, and the staff is going to be so good. And I hate that because they'll be playing against the Mets, but it's also just amazing how many good prospects they have right now. Yeah, they did. God, a, that's so annoying. They did a great job resurrecting that franchise. They did they a very good job. Quietly, quietly resurrecting that franchise. I mean, who was paying attention to the Braves? You know, nobody was really talking. It's like the Mariners, for example. You know, people are talking about the Mariners. You know, getting rid of pieces and and going through this rebuild process and the Braves just slid under the radar and were able to accumulate just young talent all across the board outfield prospects infield prospects and pitching prospects so it's it's a an organization that has done a great job and I think has kind of been uh has not received the credit that they deserve but that is uh I'm sorry Connor for, for your sake I'm sorry that they have done this because that is a team that your Mets will have to face a lot. That was such a sad realization just now. I'm sorry that I contributed to that. I'm over here getting excited about this. Okay, whatever. You know what? Go ahead and tell us about Alex Jackson. Alex Jackson is an absolute just douche, and I hope that he has no success at the major league level. Because he, he's playing catcher now. Yeah, well, he played. He was a catcher in high school when he was the top high school prospect in the draft. With the Mariners take him number sixth overall or something like that, I believe six. A guy that was supposed to be really good and just was an absolute bust out the gate. You gotta wonder if the attitude was a part of that due to the fact that he thought that he was a big league player um, at 18 years old, which he. You know, clearly is not, and I, you know, it kind of frustrates frustrates me to even see him at the AAA level because of how much I absolutely despise Alex Jackson. I was so pumped when we got rid of him. Never want to see him in the Mariners uniform again. I don't care if he pans out or not. Just, you know, that I mean, I just wish nothing, nothing. I mean, nothing well baseball wise. I hope that he's you know healthy and and has a good life off the field. But as far as baseball goes, I do not wish any success upon Alex Jackson. 
It doesn't sound as if you wish he has a good life at all, really. No, I you do. Can, you can I go do. ahead and say it. I don't care. I do. I, I don't want to wish poorly upon anybody's actual life, but he's already made a well, lot of Well, I will life. wish poorly upon Chase Utley's life then. Okay, that's that's a little different because he tried to hurt he tried to hurt your friend. Screw you, Chase Utley. Is that anything else for Alex Jackson? That is it. He's 0 for 10 in three games with the Braves this year. That makes you feel any better. Good. Also in Gwinnett for the Stripers slash Strippers, Sean Newcomb was a 2014 first-rounder. He was traded for Andrell and Simmons. 407 ERA and 52 major league starts. This I don't. He's out of the picture in Atlanta. I think they've got their. They've got a few guys now they like, and then they've got this slew of five prospects that, you know, we. I feel like we might have highlighted their uh, the improvements they need to make a little too much, but these guys are all really good prospects on this team, and they have a few things to address. But I think they will, and they'll be very good. Sean Newcomb is going to be out of the picture. He'll be the friend left out on the playground. And then Adam Duvall, uh, 2016 All-Star, hit 33 tanks in 16, 31 in 17. I've had no idea where he was the last year and a half, and then I come to find out he's in Gwinnett. It's crazy that you go from hitting 33 home runs in, you know, 30-plus home runs back-to-back years to being in the AAA organization, for, or in the AAA level for another organization. Not even the organization that you had this your success bizarre. in, right? Just a really weird, bizarre, weird situation with Adam Duvall. But I mean, I don't even know what to say. That's about a, it. <laughs> that's Gwinnett. I mean, that's another really good team. Them and Durham, very, very good. Yep. But then you go over to Indianapolis. I don't know which of these teams are the best. They all they're good. They all have really good uh, things about them. Before we get into I think the best infield in minor league baseball. We're going to talk about Mitch Keller. 2014 second rounder of high school. He's absolutely shoved throughout the minors. He's a, what's he? He's number 32. He's trying to remember. He's number 31 in Baseball America's updated uh, top 100. He struggled last year in AAA a little bit after shoving, like I said, throughout the minors. Uh, but started the Futures game for Team USA, so that was cool. That was uh, Keller versus Lazardo last year in D.C., which was fun to watch. He has potential for a top rotation guy. Sits 95-96 without trying a really effortless rota- uh, you know, delivery. Uh, can touch 99 easily. Really good tilt, which creates a nasty arm side run. Scouts have graded his fastball as a plus because of that. Um, curveball has extremely light, late bite. So you're going from fastball that has fastball tilt that has arm side run at 95 to 99. Then he snaps off a curveball with a really late bite. Uh, Changeup he's still working on, but the speed difference uh, creates a lot of ground balls. Not a whole lot of depth movement, but just the speed difference coming off that high uh, high 9s fastball. There's no reason to rush him right now, but he is very important for Pittsburgh moving forward because of their trade last season for Chris Archer when they got rid of Tyler Glasnow and Shane Baz. Well, and Austin Meadows, but two two arms I think they gave up on a little too early. So they're really going to need Mitch Keller to come through or the rotation could be in trouble moving forward when they had a lot of good options at one point. Yeah, I actually really like Mitch Keller. I think that he's a guy that has a ton of upside. And uh, 
like you said, uh, struggled a little bit at the AAA level, but I think that that's just all part of adjusting. You know, I mean, he's just, he's got a he's got good velo, and he's got good stuff. So, I uh, I think that he'll definitely be a big uh, a big part of the Pittsburgh Pirates major league team. He's exciting going forward. He's so, really exciting. They need somebody after losing Glass now, dude. They need somebody. He's got to be that guy. And Shane Baz. I thought they get yeah. Shane Baz. They just he was the player to be named later in yeah. that deal. And I. I don't. Chris Archer is a cool dude, but I just don't think he's that good. I just don't understand why the Pirates did that. Good for the Rays. Yeah, the Rays fleeced them. The Rays. Awesome Meadows has been awesome this year. And Glasnow has been doing well. Both those guys have been doing awesome, and Shane Baz is you know he's down the minors. He's he's getting better, but yeah, they really need Mitch Keller after that trade. Mitch Keller joined by another top 100 prospect, number 43. This is one of my favorite players in all my baseball, Cabrian Hayes. I think this guy is sick. Yeah. This guy is this guy is so cool to me. I don't know why, but he's the Peters game last year, and I just like fell in love with him right there <laughs> at Nationals Park when I was watching him. Like I was just like, I love you, Cabrian. Cool name. First of all, his name's Cabrian, which yeah. is dope. It's like Brian, but with K in front of it, which just. Makes I wish sense. I was K Connor. K Connor. K Aiden. You know, Cabrian. Kaaden, K- Connor. So cool. Connor, Kassan, Kaaden, Kuwait. Cabrian, Hayes. Anyway, one of my favorite guys in the minor leagues, 2015 first round of high school. Uh, he So he was hurt first full season 16. 17 and 18, all start two different levels. He's won gold glove for the entire minor leagues at third base in 17 and 18. One of the best defensive players overall in the entire minor leagues. Really, really good arm, great range. He's been a solid hitter. Has really good, great, really good plate discipline. Uh, he's been adding power year by year. Has the tools to break out in the power department. He had 31 doubles last year. So, a fantastic defensive third baseman with great range and great arm. Hits for average. Has really good plate discipline. Gets on base and has been adding power year by year as he's been making All Star games in the in minor leagues. This is. He is becoming a better and better prospect as the days go on, which is really exciting for the Pirates and really exciting for me because I think he's cool. Yeah, in uh, third base, a position of, of need for the Pirates. So. Uh, oh, he will be he will be the future of the Pirates at third base and will be joined by newly called up, but when I made my notes, teammate in Indianapolis, Cole Tucker. Uh, we all, we've seen Cole Tucker first game hits a tank a couple days ago. He's got the flow. Uh, I actually listened to the interview of his today. Just a super good guy, like super humble, super just grounded in his success. He was talking about how he received over 500 text messages after his debut and responded to each and every one of them. That's the sign of a true just good man right there. And he wasn't even bragging. He was like, they asked him. He was just like, yeah, you know, I just... I wanted to. I wanted to get everyone back. I mean, these people, teachers, coaches, teammates. These are guys who all supported me and got to where I am today. And without them, I wouldn't be here. And I was like, "Wow, this guy is really not only really good, but really cool." And he's got great hair. And he, yeah, which makes him ten times cooler. And he was, you know, he was drafted in twenty fourteen, but out of high school, dealt, dealt with injuries early, uh, labrum, thumbs, you know. Had a you know bested him in sixteen seventeen, 
Had a good 18. Also played in the AFL. Uh, I had here, we'll be up soon. We'll battle with Kevin Newman for third for shortstop job, and I think he will get it. Is what I thought from my notes. I had battle for shortstop job, and then I thought, I think he'll get it. He's a better defender than Newman. Um, and he as long as he just hits, as long as he can hit adequately the major league level, then he'll get the job because Newman draws the bat. But he's Cole Tucker's added power over the last two seasons. So as we saw with his home run, his MLB debut, this is a really exciting prospect for the Pirates. And he was recently added into the top 100 prospects at number 100. So he was a uh, in the newest update, he was number 100, which makes three guys for the Pirates on this team, which is cool. Yeah, and despite giving up a lot for Chris Archer, the Pirates still have a uh, a relatively good minor league system, which is kind of surprising. I just wish they wouldn't have gotten rid of the Baz Glassstone Meadows. This, this could be, and they're doing well this year. This could be, this could be a really good team coming forward. I think they still will be good, but oh well. Hopefully Archer figures it out for him. Uh, but two two other guys. So Hayes at third, Cole Tucker's at short, Kevin Kramer's at second. Uh, he was a singles and doubles guy early on after being drafted in 2015, but he changed his sing in 2018, added a ton of power. Um, he got a call up. I think he'll be up again this year. He uh, he can play second or third. A lot of people have him slated playing second, especially with uh, Cabrian Hayes. I mean, Cabrian Hayes is a better hitter and defender, so there's no reason for Kramer to be playing over him. He'll be playing second, hitting first, second baseman, you know, average defender, but he's added a lot of power lately, which makes him uh, stand out for the Pirates. And then moving over to first base, Will Craig out of Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. Hard, doesn't have a good path right now because of uh, Josh Bell at first base, but he was an All-American at Wake Forest, hit 37 tanks over three years, only had eight home runs his first year and a half in the minors, but also had a really good average. He tried adding power in 2018, added 20 tanks and 30 doubles, but the average slipped to 248. He struck out more, walked less. So he's got to figure out a way to add both at the same time. He was a big, big power guy. Or sorry, big power guy in college, then became an average with little power, first quarters in the minors, then added his power back, average and walks went down, strikeouts went up, but so the doubles. So He's got to find a happy medium in order to break through with the Pirates and uh, challenge Josh Bell for that first base spot. But nonetheless, that's a full infield of you know good prospects that they have in Indianapolis right now. And Mitch Keller. And Mitch Keller, yeah. A lot of young talent. Who's a... Did they have anybody else that you recognize on that team? I know there's someone. Oh. I, I, was, I was actually waiting to get to this because I figured save the best for last and that is Patrick well, here, here we are at the end so lay it on us Patrick Kivelhan the arguably the greatest guy in all of baseball a guy that I've had wonderful personal interactions with a guy that has just been a stand up man since I've known him I mean a guy that I hated to see the Mariners get rid of then bring back only to get rid of again I wish that he was, you know, still in AAA Tacoma, but I wish him all the best. 
a guy that, uh, you know, he's um, Brian Price said that his he, you know he had an absolute man crush on Pat Kivelhan, and for obvious reasons, you know, it's just that smile, you know, Pat Kivelhan, just love him. I love I love him to death. P. Kiv is awesome. P. Kiv is the, he's one of my favorite guys. Yeah. in baseball. I got a couple P. Kiv bats. Uh, lived with JT. Yep, lived with our buddy JT, and uh, because of that, I have a couple signed Patrick Kivelhan bats, Patrick Kivelhan helmet, a couple other cool Patrick Kivelhan items. But yeah, love lo- love P. Kiv. Love. P. Kiv should be noted. Uh, Played football at Rutgers, didn't play baseball, and then just came out his senior year uh, All-American. Pretty sure he won the Triple Crown for the Big East that year. Yep, he did. Went off. And then gets, and then gets drafted. And then lives with their buddy JT and Everett while playing with the Aqua Sox. Uh, eventually made it up to Tacoma, where then that's when I got to meet P. Kiv. And he was leaving us tickets at every game, leaving us parking passes at every game. And we went down there all the time. Even when there wasn't a prospect or you know guy we wanted to go graph or see, we just went down to see P. Kiv and he was he was awesome. Always get the park, always get the park in the players' lot. Free tickets on the baseline, like he was just always hooking us up. Super cool to talk to after the game. Just super humble guy. I was glad to see him get some time in the major leagues with the Reds. Uh, a the bummer Padres. he hasn't been back up. Oh, and the Rangers, but. Bummer he hasn't been back up, just kind of bounced around AAA. I really hope he gets his chance with someone at some point. Would be would be great to see. Yes, it would. There's nothing like seeing raw power smash home runs, especially when it's coming from a good guy like Pekiv. <laughs> Pekiv, there we go. Uh, moving on to Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. No top 100 guys. Not a whole lot here in Lehigh. A couple, uh, you know, Old names, interesting guys. Jojo Romero is an intriguing arm for the future. Has a power sinker that he pairs with a changeup. So that's that could be sick. I mean, he's getting two pitches going in the same, you know, same quadrant of the zone. One's a power sinker, not a sinker, but power sinker. One's a changeup. Speed difference would be really effective for him. Uh, also, there's a four seam and a two seam. Throws a curve. A slider and a cutter. And he has a cool name. So, yeah. So he just throws the whole kitchen sink at you. Slider, cutter, breaking off. Two seam and four seam with run on the four seam. Power sinker changeup. So you, yeah. This is a uh, MLB The Show nightmare to face. <laughs> Ranger Suarez. Uh... Up to 95, hides the ball well, so it's really deceptive on the mound. Uh, his fastball also plays up because of that uh, deception, so he's an interesting guy. Aniel De Los Santos, fastball change, uh, really cool name, but he'll probably be in the pen. I mean, really good with the fastball and change, but with no third pitch, hard to imagine him in a starting role. Nick Pavetta just sent down here from the, from the rotation in Philly. James Pazos, I don't know why he's not up. Should be on the Mariners still. Should yeah, we talked about that. We, he should not have been added to that Gene Segura deal, which is another topic. But I don't know. I mean, the Phillies could use him right now. He he had a good season last so, year. So 
That he was, was very good. Yeah, I really, I really, I really like. James we talked Adams. about him being a steal for the Phillies. Yeah, don't know, don't know why he's down. Another Mariner. Uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Appel, uh, Mark. Mark Appel's in Lehigh Valley. <laughs> Mark Appel. What can you really say besides just oh, Mark Appel. Poor Mark. Uh, Andrew Romine's also there. Then Dylan Cousins. He was he was talked about one time. I remember him with the uh, that whole issue with the eight by tens back in the day. What was? Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> that one clown in Lehigh Valley. Whatever. Dylan Cousins. He was uh, actually elected to the uh, AAA All Star game in Tacoma in twenty seven. He was. Yeah, he was there. Yep. Yeah, seventeen. Used to be a dude. Don't know what happened. Uh, oh, it's okay. Louisville Bats. You're back Back to a good prospect. Nick Senzel, number nine, Baseball America. He's just stuck behind the best infield in baseball, and so they've been experimenting with him in the outfield. His bat plays anywhere, so the Reds just are trying to find a spot where he can play, which right now they know he can play infield, but there's no room for him. So they're trying to get him reps in the outfield. To get him uh, out in that road, out in the lineup, which he'll be effective once he can be up there. He he can hit plus power um, at his natural position at third base, which plays at all of the positions as well. Great defensive abilities in the infield. He like I said, he's just stuck. He's a major part of the future for the Reds, and still a great prospect. But we've heard his name so many times lately that it's shocking he was only drafted in 2016. It's just like. When is Nick Senzel going to get up to the bigs? It's just been talked about for so long in AAA because he's just been he he raced up pretty quick for the minors and he's just stuck. Yeah, Nixon. Uh, it's a bummer. MLB's got him at number five, so a uh, a really highly touted guy, but like you said, just uh, not really a uh, a spot for him with the uh, major league club right now. But it's a shame because in a lot of other organizations he would have been up by now. But I, I do expect yeah. him to be a big part of the Reds moving forward. I think that they'll they'll find a place for him because he can rake. And if you can rake, then teams will find a spot for you to play on the field. Yeah, it's just a shame. I, I'd love to see him up sooner rather than later. We'll see what the Reds kind of in a win-now mode. Not really, but they have a decent team. So he would be you know a good asset in the lineup. So Nick Senzel, look out for him. He'll be up at some point this year. Hopefully he just does well in the outfield so they can put him there and then infield whenever they find the need. But uh, no reason to rush him as of right now. Uh, they have Vladimir Gutierrez, not top 100 guy, but he's a mid to upper nines with a really good curveball. Uh, developing slower than they initially expected because he got signed out of Cuba in 2016. But the Reds like him as a back-end guy in the pen. With the uh, with the hard the hard nineties fastball and good off speed, so he's a he's more of a pen prospect than a rotation with this really two good pitches. Not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of uh, action for the rotation, but he's there. Ojasamer Despagne. That is a Ojasamer Despagne, former Padre. Oh, I was he was he a Padre? Where where was he at? I'm I'm not sure where where he has been, but he has a 
a top a top ten name in the minor leagues. He was uh he was a Padre. I actually got his R from twenty fifteen, Petco Park. Really? That's what it was. Yep. Twenty fifteen. I don't know what I got him on. I think a card or something. <laughs> I'd hope a card. But Oh well. He's uh who knows? He's just hanging out. Veteran veteran for the, the bats. Uh Norfolk Tides, Baltimore Orioles, Ryan Mountcastle, he's their guy. Won a batting title in seventeen. Pure hitter, pure power, terrible on defense. Drafted as a shortstop, moved to third base. Doesn't project as a third baseman. They tried to move him to first base. Doesn't project there. Left field, hard to project because he has an inability to make throws, apparently. So I have no idea where he'll play besides DH, but he can hit. So Ryan Mountcastle is a guy to see if he could develop any uh, defensive ability, but he's a, he's a pure hitter. Chance Cisco, not sure if he's ever going to be good. Right. Once the, uh, like, I'm not sure if he was number one, but at least number two on the top catching prospects in baseball. But, uh, yeah, a guy that has just, um, you know, he's, he, he's just hitting. I, I don't know if he, if he'll be able to hit at the major league level. And I don't know if, the, I think the Orioles are thinking the same thing. So. Yeah. I, I don't know He's, about San Francisco. Uh, 2017 Chipley All-Star. Yep. Uh, Austin Hayes, first guy from the 16 class to make debut in 17, but injuries in 18 kind of derailed the season. Talked about having great pitch recognition, uh, but gets out of sync when swinging for power, so he's needed to stay within himself. Uh, try to get those things dialed in at the same time, kind of a couple other prospects we talked about, not able to hit for power and average at the same time, so... He's got some work to do. Interesting piece in the outfield for the Tides and the Orioles. And then our veteran for the Tides, Sean Gilmartin, 2015 World Series bullpen arm for the Mets. A guy that you have a lot of love for just because he was a part of that team. My favorite team of all time. Sean Gilmartin, real quick. I was in Tacoma looking. So he had just gotten sent down from the Mets when the 51s were in Tacoma. I needed him for my World Series set. So I'm at the game. Wasn't sure if he was actually going to come because it was their last game there before they moved on to, I think, Fresno. So I thought he might be going straight to Fresno, but I went anyway. Didn't see him at all during pregame. Didn't see him at all. Got off the bus. Didn't see him all in the dugout. I'm in the stands. I'm sitting next to Robert Gasselman, now with the Mets and the pen. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, hey, Robert, quick question for you. Is, uh, did Sean Gilmartin come to Tacoma's? He's going straight to Fresno. And he like leans over and he's like, He's sitting right next to me. Just whispers that right to me. Pulled out a ball, leaned over. Hey, Sean, man, sign. Yeah, I'd love to, man. How'd you recognize me? Oh, just uh, just a big fan of the Mets. So uh, just I don't know, just watching you. <laughs> um, so that was that was pretty sweet. Shout out to Robert Gasol for the assist. Moving on, Paul Tuck at Red Sox. Michael Chavis is really the only guy to look out for here. Number two project for the Red Sox. Struggled early on in his career. They talked about just trying to do too much to the plate. Uh, broke out in 17 with 31 tanks. And then in 2018 got nailed with the 80 game PED suspension. So just looking to get back on track this year. Good power hitter. Not sure where he'll play. Uh, possibility you know, third, left, and first. We'll, we'll be a platoon guy in the bigs, I can only assume, at the corners. I don't think he's busting that outfield right now. 
yeah, don't don't know where where he fits in with the with the Red Sox team, even though they're struggling still. A team that is pretty a pretty well set across the board when it comes yeah. to position players. Even though they are doing bad, they're they're good to go for the future. Right. Couple couple of former spotlight guys in the bigs. Carson Smith, former Mariner. Yep. He uh really good twenty fifteen, traded in the Wade Miley deal. Has only pitched in 23 innings since then. Just cannot stay healthy. That's crazy. That is insane. Bryce Brents. Bryce Brents, 2017 AAA All-Star Game with Tacoma Home Run Derby champ. There's a couple of... He's still there. A couple AAA 2017 guys, or All-Star guys from 2017. Uh, Rusty Castillo. Another guy signed a huge deal. Seven years, 72. 2.5 2.5 million dollars out of Cuba and uh just a guy that was so highly highly touted at the time and has done you know nothing well he was initially signed that was an, that was an extension deal after already playing for like a season for the Red Sox That's and they right. just missed That's on right. that they big time missed. and they took him off the 40-man roster and he's been stuck in my leagues ever since because the rule whatever rule that is he can't get up and then possibly my favorite player in all of AAA baseball. Said that for a lot of guys, but this guy's actually my favorite. Henry Mejia, my guy, was the Mets closer in 2014. Uh, this guy was the guy with the amazing save celebrations. He did like the stomp. He did like the stomp and snap over my knee type thing. So like I don't know what he was snapping, but he was snapping something over his knee and stomping. So it's called the Mejia stomp. He had one where he. He struck out someone to end the game, and he literally took a f- pretend fishing rod, cast it at the guy walking back to the dugout, and then reeled it in, and then stomped him over his knee. So this guy was just electric, super fun to watch. On his, just had a little a little fro come up the hat. He was one of my favorite players. Then April 2015, 80-game suspension for PEDs. Uh, comes back in July. Three weeks later, 162-game suspension for PEDs. Then in February 2016, he was still suspended, gets his third suspension, gets banned for life. First player to ever get banned for life from Major League Baseball. Gets the uh, Pete Rose for treatment. Suspen- for, for suspension. Well, first player to ever get suspended for, uh, PEDs for because life. of the drug, the drug right. pr- policy. But he was reinstated this year, so he's in trip with the Red Sox. Congrats to him. A really good candidate for comeback player of the year if he gets up to the major league level. <laughs> I wonder if Rob Manford would even allow that. <laughs> Just ban it. Uh, Rochester Red Wings with the Twins. Brent Rooker, Minnesota's number six. Uh, but he's behind some really good names. So he went off at Mississippi State, got picked in the first round, then went off again. Uh Started in double A in 2018, but struggled. He was swinging a lot of balls. Um, he was swinging out a lot of pitches up in the zone, chasing things out of the zone. Uh, has a really low swing path, so the low pitches play well into that. He was just chasing him too low, going after pitches on the top of the zone, getting out of his comfort zone. Um, struggled on defense. They don't think they can put him in left field anymore because he has apparently really bad reads and a poor arm, which is kind of an issue in left field big time issue uh 
They've tried him at first base, but he really struggled there. So this will be a big year for Brent Rickard. Uh, really was looking like a very, very good prospect in 2017, I think. Yeah, 2016, 2017. And then 2018, just the bat went away. And the defense has never been there. So now he's really got nothing for him. So big, big year for him. Um, also a big year for Luke Rayleigh. He was a, kind of the salvaged piece in the Brian Dozier deal. Apparently has 70-grade raw power and decent in the outfield. So they think he'll be up at some point this year, which uh, a lot of people think that the Twins held on to Brian Dozier too long last year. So nice to see them get something kind of nice out of that. Former Met Giordani Valdespin hasn't played in a big league game since 2015, but he's still going at it in AAA. And then our friend Ronald Torres, 5'8", 162 pounds. And so he hit 292 in yeah. 2017 with the Yankees in 108 games, which I would have had zero idea. He did well. No, he he he, he did really well for the Yanks that year. He was uh, I I love seeing the photos of Aaron Judge with uh, Ronald Torres. It's, oh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, those 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 were pretty good. I don't, I would have never guessed he hit. 292 in 108 games in 17. No, that's a that is that is rather surprising to see. That is crazy. Uh, moving on, Scranton Wilkes Bear Rail Riders, awesome name. Ronald Torres' former team with the Yankees. Not a whole lot of mobility when the lineup is healthy, but with injuries, you never really know what's going to happen. Uh, start off with their, their only top 100 guy, Jonathan Saiga. Number 100 in the latest rankings. Big time find by the Yankees. So he was released by the Giants after missing two full years with injuries. Yankees signed him. He then got Tommy John right away. Then last year, coming back from that, made his debut. And they had and they liked him so much, they had to add, they added him to the four-man roster because he missed so much time already. So last year, he went from low A to MLB. Sits 95-96 up to 98 with a really good changeup and a good curveball, splitting the play in half. Uh, they really like him as a starting pitcher, but just worried about the health. As there's been so many issues before. Just really hoping Jonathan Lasaga can stay healthy because if so, he could be a really good piece for the Yankees. No, yeah, in a great find, right? Like you got to love those guys that you just never expected to turn out after after having just an injury plagued you know, stint there, but he, he could, he could really be, he, he could be something special if he's able to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, two full years of injuries and then Tommy John, and then first year back goes low eight to MLB gets added to 40 men after just a short stint. So he'll be back up at some point. He's really exciting for them. Also chance Adams really good in his first two years surgery last year, but at the beginning of the year still made his debut at the end. Uh, the fastball velo has dipped since the surgery. Yankees were still optimistic that's going to return. Uh, he was mid nineties before that, so the Yankees are giving him a chance to be in the rotation uh, before you know moving him to a bullpen role. But I think he'll be good. even if he's in the bullpen. This could be a really good piece for the Yankees, just because I mean we know how stacked their bullpen is now, but the bridge on short starts to the you know the monster that is uh, Betances Chapman. 
uh, Ottavino and Britton could be Chance Adams. Chance Adams is a uh, a guy that Yankees fans are or they they are high on and they have been high on him. So, so will be interesting. You could, you to could see. be a good one. Yeah, could 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 be good. Definitely, the velo is a little bit a little bit concerning, but we'll we'll see how he fits. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many pieces in that Yankees bullpen that it's uh it's hard to see him breaking in or onto the major league team in that role right now. Um, but you know, you never know if if they take time to develop him as a starter. Could see possibly could see some starts at the big league level. The Yankees have have dealt with some some injuries so far this year, and uh, I mean, CC is going to be retired after this year, so the pen will be kind of shaking up. So it'll be interesting to see what Chance Chance I, Adams does. I I like him. I like him in the rotation, but I just if if the velo doesn't come back from the post surgery, I think he could be a bullpen piece, just like a long relief type guy. But if the velo comes back this year, then could be big in the rotation. Right, sky's the limit. Uh, Gio Gonzalez recently released. Oh, sorry, what was that? No, I said he just could. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just saying it could be good. Just, just depends on the velo if it comes yep. back or not. Which post surgery you never really know. Gio Gonzalez was on roster, just released. Really weird. I thought more teams would be after Gio Gonzalez. I mean, he's got three six nine career ERA, eats a lot of innings, two time All Star. I was confused, and then the Yankees got him, and then he asked for his release. I thought they were just giving him a few starts before bringing him up. I didn't know they were actually like holding him down there because performance issues. So I don't really know what's going on with that. But I would be I would be surprised if the Mets don't make a run at Geo for uh, the uh, Brewers. some insurance on the Jason Vargas experience. The Brewers just picked him up. They uh, he became a free oh, agent. Really? Yeah, about like twenty four hours ago, maybe tops. He was a uh, a free agent, and the uh, the Yankees had to make him a free agent. And the Brewers scooped him up. So now with the Brewers organization, I think he got traded them at the end of last year. I think he was with them for their playoff run last year. Interesting. Pretty sure he was. So good for the Brewers. I mean, I think it's a pretty good piece. He was yeah, always no. really annoying to face when the Nationals played the Mets. So good for the Brew Crew. A couple guys, Cliff Pennington. Why is I don't know why this guy's still playing, honestly. I mean, he's had a pretty good career, long career. Don't know why he's wasting time in AAA. But he's there. Just for the love of the game. He's played for... I feel like he's played forever. I guess so. I, yeah, I, I feel like he was old when I was a little kid. Billy Burns. I got him on a ball one time, which is a huge mistake. He's turned out to be nothing. But in 2015, <laughs> he hit 294 and was fifth in the rookie of the year voting. So I thought he was going to be good in my defense. Yeah, no, you were big time high on Billy Burns since day one. I did my scouting and I was incorrect, which explains why I'm not a scout. There you go. And then, oh, of course, the defensive coach, Julio Borbon. <laughs> Fantastic hire for the Yankees. Absolutely great coach to. Uh, I think that's our last major coach in the International League. But yeah, Mark Gazzalonic, Corey Hart, and Julio Barbone. Moving on, we got two teams left. Sorry, take and keeping you guys so long, but uh, Syracuse Mets, go Mets! Boo on the boring name. They were the Syracuse Chiefs and the Mets for some reason. In the era of minor league baseball, of everyone changing names. 
to cool names, the Mets changed it back. And it makes no sense because they just changed teams to the Fireflies and the Rumble Ponies and then changed the team back to their name of the Mets. Just, just disappointing. Like they were with the movement and then went against the movement a year later. Big time disappointment. Syracuse Mets. Boo. Boo. Still suck at, suck at Nationals still. We talked about this last podcast, but this was the Nationals AAA team. Then the Mets decided just to buy the entire franchise and make it their own and make the Nationals go to Fresno. Uh, there are zero prospects here. This is a this is a legendary veteran team, absolutely legendary veteran team that includes Hector Santiago, Rene Rivera, Danny Espinosa, Adeni Echeverria, Gregor Blanco, Rajay Davis, Carlos Gomez. Biggest prospect is Tim Tebow. <laughs> How does it make you feel as a Mets fan to know that there's no prospects at this level? It's it's nice because it means we're in a win now mode. So all the all the talents up the level at the top. So that's it's fine with me. I think it's funny, honestly. You know, it'd be cool if they were win now and have prospects like the Rays, like the Braves. But I'll take what I can get. I have one of them, so I'm not gonna complain. But this is a pretty legendary team. Couple World Series heroes with Blanco and uh, Rajay Davis. Blanco was a part of those exactly Giants teams that won every other year the the even year odds and Rajay Davis with the the game the game seven home run against Araldis Chapman that was God that was so that was so fun to watch that was crazy so I think Carlos Gomez God I mean are you Rene Rene Rivera a guy that I love a former Mariner yeah your your guy Rene I have I have a Rene Rivera jersey this is signed let's go love that guy uh, Carlos Gomez almost a Met back in 2015. Thank God he wasn't. Initially, deal of Wilmer Flores and Zach Wheeler to the Brewers for Carlos Gomez. Instead, they got Cespedes from Michael Fulmer. Fulmer, you know, went on to be good. Cespedes went on to be better. Fulmer's also how Tommy John. Like it's like they kept Wilmer Flores and Zach Wheeler, both who were very good pieces. They didn't get Carlos Gomez, who went on to be terrible that year for the Astros. And then they got Cespedes and got rid of Michael Fulmer, who ended up getting hurt. Just fantastic. Cespedes could have been NL MVP based on his second half alone, honestly. Yeah, he, he went off. And then moving on, Toledo Mudhens, our last team. Daz Cameron is the biggest name here, number 97, Baseball America. Son of Mike Cameron, a.k.a. Darkman44, my favorite player, who led me to becoming a Mets fan, which we'll talk about another time probably. This is long enough. But uh, this guy's an above-average defender, has really good instincts in center field, good speed, good arm. So has above-average grades on all defensive qualities. Uh, so he's he's good to go in the outfield. He'll he'll be on a major league. He'll be with the Tigers at some point just based on his defense. But Initially, Hayden was a worry. He made some tweaks after the trade in the Justin Verlander deal. Now just a really solid overall hitter. He's really aggressive early on in counts. He's added power in the last season, uh, second half of last year, moving into this year. At first, I thought the Tigers got robbed in this deal for Verlander uh, to the Astros and with Daz Cameron being the centerpiece because he didn't look like he was projecting very well. But he has really turned around, adding, uh, you know, becoming actually a really good hitter to go on that defense. And he's going to be really good for the Tigers moving forward in center field. 
yeah, you uh, you hope for the best for Daz Cameron just because of, you know, who his whose dad is. But Daz was a a guy that was kind of a uh, he slid in the draft, and the reason why he slid in the draft is because of how much money he was asking for, and teams knew that, and they weren't willing to put that out. And after that, he really didn't prove that he was you know worth that money but it is good to see that he has made some tweaks and is is finally starting to uh to catch his stride in the minors because like you said it looked like the tigers absolutely got fleeced especially with i mean how well verlander has been for the astros but i i really like daz cameron cool name son of mike cameron who was a 2001 all-star for the for the seattle mariners part of the ken griffey jr trade where ken griffey jr forced his way out of seattle but no, I, I really like Daz. Yeah, Daz Cameron. I think he's gonna be awesome. A little worried at first, but all turned out okay. And any son of Mike Cameron is gonna be good to go eventually. <laughs> one of the greatest. One also, Long Day Wright, one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, Bo Burrows. He's just been really, really consistent. He was a first round of high school in fifteen. He's been good at every level. Uh, he sits at ninety four, gets up to ninety seven. Pitches up in the zone, so 97 high up and in is pretty. It's that's pretty hard to uh, to deal with as a hitter. Um, he has a good curve and slider. He throws for strikes low in the zone, gets ahead early and counts often with those two pitches, and then goes up in the zone with the fastball late. Uh, and then also goes back down to Barry. So he throws two offseed pitches uh, with good break for strikes. Also buries them late. So he's just. He does a really good job at mixing his high 90s fastball with the good off-speed at really any pitches and any count. Tigers like him in the back end of the rotation, but once again, you know, command issues could be pushing him to the pen as well. So hopefully he gets the uh, things ironed out as a starter with the command stuff and he could be he could be awesome for the Tigers to go along with a couple other guys coming up uh, lower levels Matt Manning and uh Hopefully, I'm a former houseman, Hugh Smith. Kyle Funkhauser, amazing name. I love that name. Touches 95, touches 95, but has just average off speed. And uh, is, I mean, the, the Tigers aren't super high on him, but they're kind of just like, we'll see what happens. Nothing super special. Back end rotation guy at most helpful piece in the pen at least so just kind of like an average arm but uh 95 i mean hopefully that'll play in some some capacity if he can add off speed he'll be in the rotation but it's just a it's an if situation on that and then sandy Baez, not as much noise around him but this could be besides burrows the one of the best pieces on this toledo Mudhens team uh, gets up to 99, has a really good changeup, uh, a plus pitch. Really, those two are the only thing, only pitches he has going for him. So he's rejected in the pen, but still, I mean, if you've got 99 with a really good changeup and you can add a slider, curveball uh, with some development in AAA this year, that could be a major piece for the Tigers as a trade piece, really moving forward during their rebuild, or if it takes a little longer, you know, good closer when they get back to a competing. Yeah, two uh, two guys, well, Kowser and Baez, that I think are are uh, are project maybe more as as pen guys. So, but two dudes that could be really good pen pieces for the Tigers. 
So yeah, and especially if if they're ready ahead of time, the Tigers might just move them because if they can they can get some more pieces back that'll be more on their timeline of competing, then that's uh, better for them. So Bo Burrows and uh, Daz Cameron are for sure pieces moving forward for the Tigers. Funkhauser buys not quite sure. Good stuff, but still up in the air about that. All right, well, we went a little long today, but do you have anything else to uh, add on the International League? Uh, I, th- I think we covered just about just about everything. I think that Corey Hart, without a doubt, definitely b- between him and Tim Tebow, maybe you know, in competition for the greatest part of the International League. But we'll see who who pans out. Whether Corey Hart has you know the greater impact, or if Tim Tebow can hit some tanks and get called up, because I think that everybody wants to see uh, Tim Tebow getting called up for a, a late Mets run. I much I love Tim Tebow. I really hope that's not the case. <laughs> that would be a bummer if he was up in September, because that means they will not be competing. So. No, no, they will be competing. They need his. Uh, his leadership and you know his, his Compe- competing with Tim Tebow exactly no 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 they're yeah though they're competing with Tim Tebow on their side because he is you know as Jesus you know he's he's their Jesus figure and he will carry them the daily chapels yeah yeah I don't honestly I don't think that the Mets win the World Series unless Tim Tebow is on their team doing a daily sermon well if that's what it takes then sign me up get Tim Tebow up there as soon as you can I will do anything for a Mets World Series exactly. You and I think side. you, I, th- I know you understand. But I think people underestimate when I say I will do anything for a Mets World Series. I will do anything for a Mets World Series win. Yeah, no, that's 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 no joke. Well, uh, make sure to check our uh, check the blog sodost.blogspot.com. I will be posting the name, history, and origins for the International League. Had a lot of fun doing the research on this one. A lot of cool names. A lot of good stories of a. Uh, teams i really had no idea about so that'll be fun for you guys to read uh we thank you for joining this long episode on international league starting next week we're getting to double a uh more double a leagues mean not as big leagues shorter podcasts so look forward to that but we will see you guys next week on midweek minors thanks for tuning in thanks guys